What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Love Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind, broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Cosmic, Cosmic Radio. Twisted Soul. Futuristica Radio. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned into another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you for your time and your company for our show today. Uh, before we jump into today's episode, a quick reminder that the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station that broadcasts uh, from London and is very, very fortunate to host an incredible array of shows from across the uh, big wide world. Uh, so we love to celebrate um, uh, music uh, revolving around our absolute heroes. Uh, we celebrate uh, jazz, Latin music, soul, funk, uh, hip hop, and uh, we have uh, the best time doing so. Um, today's episode of the podcast um Man, I still can't believe that this happened. I'm so absolutely overjoyed to be able to say it did and to present uh, to you my conversation with Mr. Robert Mitchell, um, one of the most revered names in uh, UK jazz. Um, And uh, he's a a pianist, a composer, a poet, an educator, an author. Um, His credentials are are up there with uh, with the best, amongst the best. He is a highly uh, decorated, highly acclaimed artist and um, it's a real joy to be able to spend the time that we were granted for uh, this episode. Um, initially this podcast episode stemmed as uh, stemmed from uh, an exclusive for International Jazz Day 2023 um, and uh, we got to feature a radio edit of uh, this conversation um, as part of our lineup which had a brilliant brilliant day of uh, blue and green radio programming so uh, once again a massive thanks to our incredible radio team um because they've we'd put an amazing uh, lineup of shows and um this conversation as i say a radio edit of it uh, was available and we had some great feedback from it as well so that was lovely meant the world uh, but it, it's you know it gives me obviously great pride to be able to present the full unedited version of the conversation uh, because as you can tell from the length of the show we covered a lot of ground and um i'm yes i'm very very happy we did thrilled that we were granted the time and hope we'll be able to uh, connect with robert um, again because I think as I say in the actual conversation there's like a hundred questions I still had uh, so um, hopefully it wasn't too too bad an experience for, for him to want to repeat and uh, kind of get into uh, more discussions about his music um, there are two uh, primarily two projects that we discuss um, on the episode uh, his true think uh, project, uh, which is an amazing collective, um, really epic in scale, two-disc project came out late uh, 2022 um, under the titles of The New Resistance and Hold the Light. Um, we discussed that project and we also discussed his upcoming uh, project by uh, The Flame, a brilliant improvising trio uh, with their Towards the Flame Volume 1 release due out on 577 
Records, and uh, we got to talk about that uh, really sensational project as well. Uh, regular listeners of this podcast will know we feature two songs per episode. I will be picking something from uh, the True Think project. Um, as our opener right now this is such a wonderful song i really really dig this and uh, there's so much to pick from uh, amongst the whole lineup but i'm going to p- pick the uh, what say you track featuring lissalette osplum uh she has a great vocal on this song it's really brilliant and i thought it'd be nice to share with you guys right now following this song we'll go straight into our conversation uh once again please uh find us at blueandgreenradio.com you'll find our radio stream as well as the full backlist catalogue of the blue and green podcast uh so i very much hope you enjoyed the conversation massive thanks again to uh, robert mitchell uh for his time and uh yeah yeah gang hope you enjoyed the episode Little by little we find Oh, 
How are you today, sir? I'm okay. I was doing some teaching, um, some practice, and uh, yeah, a bit of uh, listening to um, Samuel Coleridge Taylor, actually. Uh, I've got to do some talking tomorrow, and um, that's part of what I'm referring to. So, um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and actually Thanks. some sales of, of albums, which was very nice, but... Um, oh, wonderful. That, that <laughs> I mean, there are so many offshoot questions from what you just said. May I ask where you teach? Where I teach? Um, yes, I, I imagine teach. you're teaching piano. Um, music. Yes, uh, partly. Um, sometimes it is about um, recalling um, various projects of the past in relation to music business ideas and opinions and, and trends now. Um, there is um, also hosting of masterclasses as well. So it's a, a, a mix of things. So I teach privately, but I, of course I teach at um, the Guildhall School of Music for the last few years and Leeds Conservatoire. And actually um, you are the first kind of interview to hear this, but I'm, I'm going to be doing a bit at Young Music Makers in North London. Um, and that's starting. Uh, that's starting very soon. Uh, that's that's really exciting. Congratulations. Um, how I mean, uh, I imagine teaching is something that you uh, you enjoy immensely. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, an ever shifting context of all of the effects that um, technology is having on all of us. But I mean, obviously, especially younger generations. So when I was um, learning growing up. I mean, I'm still studying, but we had uh, relatively few channels of media to battle with in terms of our attention. Um, And even that could be a battle, (laughs) depending on what people were into. But when that is now magnified by far more channels of um, tons more information that is also at 24 hour availability um, at lightning speed and um, the video games, which are so much more immersive and yeah. connective and, and is a way huger industry than the ones I was brought up on. Then it's literally partially a case of reminding people that our human imagination goes back as far back as we go back. And that is what has provided these incredible tools. It's just trying to remember that they are tools, you know, to help us rather than um, uh, literally uploading our abilities. So we sit with our feet up um, while the machine (laughs) is the actual thing, Mm. you know, uh, doing like everything as people are seeing from all the, the, the leaps in AI that are dom- starting to dominate the news every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where are, there are deep issues that we need to think about and put um, priority on um, because it is a, um, you know, and I mean, I'm speaking as a, as a, um, as a huge fan. I mean, if, if there were, two things I um, seemed to be um, good at growing up. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, music. And um, I, I loved what they used to call computer studies. Um, so to see these tools come through 
uh, and do what they can do now is incredible. Um, but, you know, our studies didn't involve the ethics and morals of how people can can um, take these tools and uh, use them for less than positive um, ideas, sadly. So nothing is inherently great. You have to make sure that you use it for such and that you uplift people and help situations. Um, and of course, you know, there is always sadly the option to do the opposite. Um, and I think that's, you know, easily demonstratable <laughs> with the way things have gone on social media um, and how easy it is to uh, uh, insult and belittle and, and, and offend and, and seemingly have no recourse because the laws um, in many, many places are, are way behind the speed of these incredible tools. So there's a lot. There's a lot to do. And um, teaching, I, I would imagine, in many, many spheres would have, are all in contact with these issues because, you know, the, the technology is ever more pervasive. So, yeah. yeah. But at its core, yes, <laughs> it can be a fantastic uh, thing to do to um, obviously not just pass on this information, but um, watch somebody grow and um, benefit from all the the qualities in you know in any of these art forms which go way beyond the the art form itself how do you um um kind of uh navigate that as so uh, in terms of if to to be a, a music maker in in this can say contemporary day and age and to be so to, to be well to be a, a 16 year old with the capabilities of making a an album to a almost a studio level quality from just software in your bedroom uh, to be able to kind of do that. And then to also, I guess, be able to make it available on, uh, on a, every streaming uh, or a platform from Bandcamp to SoundCloud to Spotify, to be able to do all of that from the hub of a bedroom, you know, that, that, that is, that is an incredible thing to do, isn't it? Um, yes. Uh, but you are using these means to make, um, an expression. Um, and I would only, I would only add to that that, or not add to it rather, or rather look into the center of it to ask, um, what is this about? Uh, because the the means to make um, studio quality anything is 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 fantastic. So that means anyone who can afford uh, or or can be online to access many of these tools that can be made, you know, free or at a certain level they are, they are free. Um, we're we're using some form of vehicle um it, it might be 30 seconds on um tiktok it might be um a two or three hour opera it might be um maybe for something um longer and far more ecstatic uh, uh, you know a, a wedding or celebration 
held somewhere around the world that lasts several days, whatever it's used for. It's um, there's what I feel may be the, the thing that is getting more and more overlooked is the, um, well, the story. I remember watching a, 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 because I mean, we see, I mean, any, any time you can look and find incredibly talented and incredibly technically brilliant, very, very young musicians. Um, that is the great means of, uh, being able to, um, to work, uh, focus in on this material from a young age. Uh, at the same time, as I say, it is, is it being used to express a story, a feeling, a concept, a something that grabs you beyond the surface of what you're hearing and seeing. Um, just watching this um, video the other day of, um, he's a British drummer. Uh, I will get his name before we finish. Um, but um, it was actually titled, Why Do All Modern Jazz Musicians Sound the Same? <laughs> just okay. to throw a provocative um, title out there. But I think I'm of a similar generation. And I've talked about this with, with um, yeah, uh, various people in, in, in various related headlines, various related titles to that video. So not exactly the same thing, but it's all related. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the difference in um, having something affect you deeply is also a thing I think that's um, potentially kind of under threat because of the speed of everything. Um, When I heard Oscar Peterson was one of the very first that bent my ears from years of classical piano study, because that's how I started. Even though I had a father that sung, um, eventually full time and um, was involved with uh, classical music, uh, spirituals from African-American traditions, um, um, musicals from people like Gershwin, Rogers and Hammerstein, figures like Paul Robeson, uh, Harry Belafonte in particular, Enrico Caruso as well. Um, There's, there's a range of, of, of musics and errors kind of going on in the house kind of growing up. The, the, the timing of hearing somebody like Oscar Peterson was, was separated by, you know, many months before my next um, stop off point, if you like um, being the likes of, uh, you know, Jerry Allen or Herbie Hancock or, um now it is the case you may for somebody young if you don't have a reference around you 
stumble across one of these names. And of course, right next to the side of the video, there are 20, 100 <laughs> related links. Mm. So you have a partially prescribed route that is a form of having options, but it's a very different form from not having a screen <laughs> years ago. Um, it might be a DJ. It might be being in a library. It might be being in a shop where somebody more knowledgeable with their own tastes sees that you're somebody young and interested and then recommends something else. So these um, processes and the speed with which you devour and absorb and the depth to which you devour and absorb things that really um, inspire you uh, has also changed. And of course, you know, I'm saying this is not necessarily universal at all. Um, people grow up in different environments with different access to things and different influences around them. Um, but, you know, as the world gets more and more connected, there's still lots of places that are um, without internet, but this is, this is getting smaller day by day. Mm. So it means the chance to have your distinctiveness celebrated. Um, you know, this video and, and our discussions over years are partly about what value that has right now in culture, people's ability to, particularly in the West, the people's ability to be their own voice and have our differences, because also this <laughs> reverberates greatly in terms of conversations on race and gender, on different physical abilities. It's a lot of different things. But the variety of us, um, I think, by now should be a powerful positive um, rather than um, where we have um, been ended, you know, ending up um, too often, um, obviously online. I have to mention that again. Um, because I think, yeah, with the varied influences of, of mine, inspirations of mine, there is no way I'm mixing up Herbie for Monpu for Anita Baker for John Zorn for Cecil Taylor for there's no way I'm mixing any of those up. Mm. They sound only like themselves and that as a, as a value, you know, we all have a different heart rhythm. We all have different states of blood pressure. We all have different fingerprints. So is it natural as natural for us to all want to converge around looking the same, sounding the same, <laughs> mm. telling the same story when we all have a different, slightly different or vastly different, you know, viewpoint. <laughs> mm. And um, so, yeah, uh, I was watching the um, Doreen Lawrence's uh, interview um, on Stephen Lawrence because it's coming up to 30 years um, since he was, you know, sadly taken um and um yeah the stark nature of how little we have moved on is right there you know in front of us 
Um, I had a great, great um, honour of playing, taking part in a in an opera, a little opera based um, on his story. Um, and it was at the Greenwich Theatre. It's written by Tunde Yegede. This is a while ago, an eminent, eminent chora player and composer. Um, and um, I didn't know she she had attended. It's only until she popped her head over the kind of orchestral pit at the end that we all just gasped <laughs> when oh, no. she was there. But um, yeah, I mean that's already going back nearly twenty years. But yeah, these these things are all in the in the mix as we navigate all of this stuff. For me, um, as a parent of Black Caribbean, English, African, <laughs> all sorts of heritages all in the mix, you know, measuring where we are uh, supposed, supposedly you're not um, progressing. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be a deep part of the um, the expression. Um, as, um, you know, the great Nina Simone expressed, you can, you can hear her, or, or you used to be able to hear her up to recently in having her music used in, in, in prominent, like, yogurt adverts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or... And um, you can ha- hear that clip anytime you want online where she's talking about, you know, artists needing to represent the world um, that is in progression. You have know, to reflect your times. And as a point of that, the, you're going to look at the times and go, where are we? You know, are we any closer to being a human family we're supposed to be or, or, or not? So um, it does strike me as as odd to listen in music, you know, in in particularly in recent eras in, in some ways and not hear, you know, so much of the, the, the trouble that we are in um, expressed because uh, we, you know, as, as, as artists, we supposedly tuned in to the universe inspiration the, the you know, the, the, the muses, whichever way you, 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 you look at it. And um, often for those who are conscious in, in that, in that sense of doing that type of thing could be, sharing you know tremendous ways of going forward as 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 humans particularly you see um you know groups of of people bands choirs orchestras anything that's tapping into a really deep um synergy symbiosis um togetherness you know consciousness um that is lifting people out of themselves into a, 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 a better sphere um, I think it's it's um it's invaluable, and we are in a fight to pass it on, to preserve it, and to elevate its place. Um, you know, in some places more than others. Um, some places around the the globe have not um completely sold um <laughs> their inner inner sense of of how important all this is. But um, I think yeah, particularly particularly where the technology is most pervasive we we have this um right uh, uh, in front of our noses right now so it's 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 really important and of course music um jazz you know within that improvisation particular um i've not heard conversations yet on that 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 the role of and the importance of improvisation as we talk about ever more pervasive ai capabilities um mm. the great um super brain um uh, artist george lewis um had been you know experimenting in programming computers to improvise and to respond to players for many many a decade um 
uh, Steve Coleman, who I work with a little bit, is in that lineage. Um, so there, there's some amazing people um, who have been investigating this for a while. And I think the wider conversations, the ramifications of, you know, um, is there something in improvising that could be um, the real guarantor, you know, of our humanity as we go forward? Um, something I'd, I'd love to, um, um, to 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 listen to, to learn, to to, to debate, to partake, however it is, because um, I'm not I'm not hearing these things as yet. But I think uh, in a society that is locking down, um, sometimes access to books, sometimes uh, just the kind of knee jerk reaction to changing you know, offensive language in books of the past and all this kind of stuff. We, we're not trying to be as broad and open about the things we need to to, to heal and be fully aware of. Yeah, I, I think there's something in those the core creative power of improvising that uh, I'd love to hope um, offers a, a part of the um, strength in humanness um that can help to 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 balance or at least challenge mm. you know where 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 we are um yeah potentially going which is yeah a a, a loss of the ability to actually dream and really fully develop our our collective <laughs> and individual mm voices sadly so um so yeah well, it's interesting because improvisation i was very much hoping to discuss that with you but um uh as regards certainly as regards to your new towards the flame project but if i just wanted to go back yeah from a, uh you mentioned about um about uh stephen lawrence and uh that notion of um kind of music created out of uh of uh, for to use a broad term tumultuous times and it's kind of something i was thinking about a lot as regards to music that you've created i know again towards the flame is kind of born of certain circumstances which um hopefully we can discuss in a moment but you know you've created music as well uh in, in support of john robert lewis uh the u.s civil rights activist and uh -huh. i mean i was trying to kind of pinpoint what that overarching and i think in many ways you you've sort of surmised it already very elegantly um that notion of struggle uh being something that causes that that provides you inspiration to 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 create and to to respond uh is is that a sort of a fair kind of assessment of that um yeah i mean obviously the 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 stories have to touch you in in experiences um uh pictures um conversations meals whatever it is but they have to touch you in a way that makes you go wow that's um somebody made a connection um held out their hand towards something that they couldn't see <laughs> um mm. deliberately it, it put themselves in danger i mean my um because we we only receive a certain perspective i think here on the civil rights struggle in the in the us it's not like yeah. we've got um, a, a, a core amount that is in detail in the school curriculum. Um, I'd love somebody to 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 um 
correct me on that if things have changed recently. <laughs> um, but it, it it feels like uh, for many of the figures um, I've been inspired by, especially in the last um, couple of decades, um, outside of family or family friends, maybe because um, I didn't I didn't I wasn't in an area that had. Um, you know, uh, a Pan-African school or, you know, a particular black church near my because I'm in kind of Seven Kings Ilford in, in Essex, which has a variety of, um, of, of cultures, but a different balance. Um, then if you say, um, Brixton or Croydon or Peckham, so on and so forth. So, um, that wasn't, you know, as, as much a, a part of my upbringing. Um, so these figures have been um, very inspirational as, as well, well into kind of adulthood, which is, um, is as uh, annoying and frustrating as it is inspirational. And I think it's therefore very important. I mean, with someone like John Lewis, you're talking about somebody that is both at the at the the absolute cutting edge standing you know shoulder to shoulder with Martin Luther King Jr at risk i mean some of the reading i was I was doing before um doing that project which was great you know opportunity thanks to um the people at jazz south um mm. during the height of the you know first second odd lockdowns um to do this and and then to go to Turner Sims in Southampton to record it with um Tom Mason on bass, uh, Salim Rahman on drums. Um, I'd read about the um, the preparations, you know, for not only just the marches, but um, the, the the Mississippi Riders and the, the 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 different groups that came together to really fan a much larger flame and, and a consciousness internationally um, by putting themselves in, in, in mortal danger. Um, we, we hear the rightly hear, you know, the speeches of Martin Luther King Jr. But, um, to, to, for, for, for John Lewis to walk, you know, as a youngster into, into meetings and hear that, you know, by, by signing up to do this, that we are putting ourselves in danger. Some of us may not come back. And so if anybody wants to opt out of of what we're about to do, then, you know, stick your hand up now. I mean, that type of scenario. <laughs> so it's not that people didn't know by walking in and sitting at a bar that they are going to be risking getting coshed over the head or worse. Yeah. Um, it was fully, uh, and also that the idea was to not respond because you have to show that actually the gross imbalance in what is going on in its most visceral, overt sense, is what the world really needs to see because people are not hearing the complaints. They don't believe that this stuff is happening. Um, and sadly, this is reflected right now because as people complain or um, try to explain their grievances and the horrific events going on online, I've seen the likes of replies online which state, well, I don't see the photo or I don't believe that this happened to you or I this or I that or I the other, you know. Um, so it is an ongoing, you know, um, kind of reverberation 
of um, circularity in some ways of how these things are ongoing deep conversations that um, we still have to have and solve um, or we'll continue to see, you know, the, the events, um, you know, um, the young boy, uh, Yarl, was it in, 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 in Missouri, was it, that, that got um, shot the other day? Yes, of course, yeah. Through the front door, who was an outstanding young musician, well on his way to doing all sorts, if he if he wanted to. I mean, he was in the line, you know. We can talk about all-state bands and all that kind of stuff. Well, when you consider, you know, somewhere like Texas has, has got more landmass than the whole of the UK, <laughs> a state mm. is huge, right? So if you're being selected as a young musician to be taking part in that kind of thing, you must be pretty damn good, right? So yeah. What, what 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 how how what more do you need to um to kind of uh say to that say there we go 30 years after Stephen Lawrence but here we are uh, with someone even younger um going through uh, and and of course palpable as a as a person as a, a young um, potential artist um and that with the the people like John Lewis the the the, the awareness and the use of um music and the, the the same spirituals that um, some of them that my you know father was singing you know I I realized you know years after my accompanying him as a as a teen you know the depth of why those tunes were um, carried around um, how important their spirit and their the the gluing of um, whole you know societies and, and and groups of people around them were so important continue to be important. Um, uh, because they they offer, let's say the, I mean not the opposite, but in a way it, that it's that core thing that um, you know you, you, you're talking about anybody being able to record a tune at, at super phenomenal you know fidelity these days. Well, you know um, when you hear those tunes. As, as far back as you can go in terms of recording on what might be regarded as the worst fidelity possible. You can barely hear the recording of what is on there, but the power of the spirit and the message and the function of the song is coming out of that recording nonetheless. Um, that's what I'm talking about. I think mm. that that's the, the, you know, the things that uh, we, we, we need it's wonderful if that is a part of a vehicle that has incredible, you know, um, technical and visceral things going on. But it could also be just the right, the right five notes <laughs> sung from the bottom of people's collective soul that makes everybody just stop and kind of go, you know, um, man, you know, you, you, humanity could have the potential of doing something just absolutely astounding, and we keep cutting off our own feet just at the point <laughs> where it might start to even become a viability. Um, so, yeah. When you kind of consider that, you know, as we've, we've talked about things about social unrest and particularly the US or uh, that just these, this over, this overburdening kind of um, reliance on technology, do you, I guess, tying that into when you kind of compose, do you, do you attach a level of, of hope uh, to these things or do you regard them each as kind of an inescapable future that we're all sort of just headed towards with no no real way of being able to kind of steer out of it um there's always uh some hope i mean i come from a lot of 
uh, nursing, you know, in my family. Um, my wife is a nurse. My mother was in the NHS maternity sister eventually for um, just over 43 years. Uh, so where where um it's it's like your your your, your general health right um if you don't move much um if the messages that are pouring into every sense is um rapid violent loud you know if you're only eating bad food and not moving um the, the you know there's there's a heightened chance of not a great outcome right <laughs> and sooner than later right um there's always though um unless particular you know ge- genetic you know uh, bad luck or um circumstances out of our control um but there's always a chance to reverse if not totally something because of a of a of a change change of direction a change of you know intake so there is always a chance, and um, I do think, as you know, the pandemic has demonstrated <laughs> uh, that hey, you know, the arts and our expression should play um, a deeper part of it as as possible. Um, we sing together, you know. It's it's been shown to be better for for, for everyone who who takes part. Um, <laughs> I don't care if it's in tune or out of tune, right? But the togetherness is a very powerful thing. Um, uh if we if we are you know in that in that scenario i mean imagine with with all the powerful tools that we have the the fact of not being able to just go out and and and, and go and enjoy um uh a a a, a film uh, a play something where you are freely you know together with people provided um a taste sadly of of how how important this stuff is um and i think you know we're not completely post pandemic but the effects uh, are are still with us i wonder if you know some of the recent you know violent headlines um people simply um opening fire through doorways or driving up the wrong drive by mistake or what did i hear now kicking a ball into the wrong yard yeah yeah i mean you know well, we've heard a lot <laughs> over centuries that some of these things are like the reasoning it's just you, you, somebody's already on edge somebody's not very happy already and has not been through a good time to be in a position to kind of do that for that kind of reasoning sadly so there's a lot of healing that is needed and we're not out of it as fast as people want to get back and reestablish that normality. Um, we, we have had a huge kind of human trauma and it's, it's not, um, I don't think it's that, that wise to simply turn the page as fast as possible and kind of glue it down and expect everything to just be the same as it was. How could it be? You know, a lot of people were lost 
very sad circumstances. People were not able to mourn properly, not able to say goodbye to a lot of people properly. So how are you going to sit and simply forget that? You know, and how are we <laughs> supposed to brush over it like, you know, it's it's a um, a blip? Was the Spanish flu a blip? You know, were all these crazy wars a, a blip that left people? Un, un, no, you're left changed. So this is the same thing. It's a type of war which was involving, you know, a virus we cannot see, but yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely the case. I think there's more, you know, to do um, to get us to a whatever the the, the new um, rhythm um, of things can be, because um, I don't think we're we're there yet. But hope, absolutely. There's there's you know there's always room for a song to change somebody to educate to bring people kind of closer together um and um yeah we 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 it is beyond <laughs> risky to kind of ignore that fact i think mm -hmm. and um whether that's one person singing on their own to to someone else in a room or thousands connected online um it's it's um the 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 essence the the core of what this thing is trying to you know, lift you up to or, or, or transport you towards is, um, I think, as important, if not more important, than the means by which it's um, by which it's delivered. Um, as I said, like, like it's interesting, you know, with someone as inspirational as Oscar Peter Peterson continues to be for me as a as a door into the jazz and improvised worlds. Um, I only just got to watch the black and white is the documentary that was recently made. And um, his um, most kind of celebrated composition is a, uh, it's like a hymn, you know, it is, it is not necessarily something that, you know, involves a hundredth of <laughs> what he needed to do to, to enthrall people in terms of you know, abilities to actually play it's actually a really direct kind of, you know, um, prayer for, prayer for, 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 for peace. So, um, yeah, there's always, there is, there is always, um, hope. Uh, we've just got to look through the myriad of overload information and remember to, uh, you know, co uh, connect and that these things have come out of us. <laughs> we load ourselves completely to, to these things. Then we have, we've got no one else to blame really. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> dare I ask, how do you navigate this as a parent? These, these kind of lessons and perspectives to, I, I, I don't know the ages obviously, but like uh, yeah. to, to ears that may be less receptive. <laughs> um. Particularly from a technology perspective, I should I, I should I should specify. Yeah, I think what has been useful. I mean, obviously, it depends on the age and and, and receptability of the mm. children involved. But um, what has been useful in recent times, I think, have been the um, some good and some you know not as good, but I, I, just generally the information that um, recent documentaries on on social media in particular have been doing because we're in the midst of seeing 
you know, the emergent effects um, on uh, a younger generation coming through into adulthood who've known nothing else. Uh, on top of that, I mean, they kind of say, I mean, I don't know if you remember the, um, you know, Seven Up um, uh, and all the subsequent kind of series that came out of following these young kids. I think it might have started in the 60s. Um, so it was a set of documentaries that that followed, you know, a generation through different stages of, of, of life. Um, and so the on a recent thing that was on the art channel, I think it was a French documentary, but it, I mean, it's a French-German um, collaboration. This is a really brilliant channel. Um, you can watch for free. You can download the app for free. And the, but it were they were um, looking at the effects and they were commenting on that how the scientists involved were talking about needing a real deep 20-year period to really measure, you know, the effects of um, growing up with, with so many powerful devices, you know, throughout a whole life. So we're not, we're not quite there yet, um, but they're getting clues. So one scene had a young child that, um, who sadly, who's, who's, um, well, yeah, toddler, um, infant, uh, whose development of speech had been affected already because of the amount of, um, screen time, um, that they had, they had, um, they'd been through. So watching that <laughs> with, um, you know, someone who's a little bit older than a toddler now, but still in the midst of, you know, the effects and obviously in a generation surrounded by it and just knowing nothing, no difference between, you know, the end of your fingertips and the beginning of these devices, right? They're just completely right. soldered to our hands these days. Okay. Um, was still really um, eye-opening in a way that I thought, ah, oh, you know, um, when you can see this being um, demonstrated, you know, by people who are studying it and are not just, they're not just um, like our, you know, parents and grandparents might have been scolding um, <laughs> for many, you know, different reasons. There's like an effect there being demonstrated um whether whether someone is scolding or not it's literally like look if you put your consciousness if you put your attention you know fully being orchestrated by a a, a bright light rather than uh all the all the the subtleties of um variety of human kind of interaction this is this is um this is what happened well, this could be the beginnings of what happens. So where they are doing the research on these, where they're commenting all the time on what is unfolding, um, I think they're all... Um, it's not like you can watch one of these and put them away. I think there's an ongoing need to discuss and to measure and to see um, what is um, what are the what are the deeper effects that that these um, these devices uh, can be having. Um, I have to kind of contextualize this a bit by saying you know uh i i think i had my first mobile at about what age of 28 something like wow. that. so you know it's just it's an unimaginable um yeah it's I amazing isn't it i don't mind at all sounding like a dinosaur when when it feels like as you walk 
I'm on a train. Um, these days, hardly anybody is looking out the window. Mm, it's going to sound like a crazy thing to kind of, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember as a, as a child or even as an adult, you want a daydream or that something may strike you? Well, if you're not looking out the window, it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. Um, add to that, having a a, a, a a physical printed book and just sometimes even the act of opening it on a train <laughs> where no one else has one is <laughs> already like, okay, this is, um, this is, this is interesting. I mean, Hey, maybe half the audience might be reading, um, you know, yeah. um, on, on, from their phones. I don't know per se, but it's still, it's, uh, it's a bright light that has a limited amount of battery time and so on and so forth. It may partly depend on you being connected online or not. So how we navigate this is, I think, to it's a similar thing. It's to remind somehow, um, and this can be as artfully done as it could be just brutally done, but to to be in the position to say that however amazing these things get, um, they came from us, which is, I think, even more amazing. A collection of brains, souls, hearts standing on each other's shoulders over over decades and decades and decades brought us to this point with um, unimaginable power. I mean, when you sit and you tweet to 500 people, let alone 500 million, um, but that's just incredible stuff that was not available to us that long ago and that the ramifications of that have, we've just sort of sprinted way past that thinking and it needs to yeah it, need, it needs a a, a a balance and a perspective on what these things can be in the extremes of both positive and negative um to 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 remind us as i said of of you know the the order in which these things um appeared um and when you add that to the the you know this discussion of the distinctiveness of of arts and artists kind of coming through um we 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 don't have a as as a clear kind of order in terms of the chronology um as not that long ago what i mean by that is as i said you, with the youtube you can you can watch you know um <laughs> you know outtakes uh, here the outtakes of of, of, a, of a miles davis that wouldn't have been available mm. when they were originally released next thing you can go forward you know 60 years next you can go back nearly 100 years all within an instant so you're not going through a process of um the order of books or recordings in a library <laughs> that you have to mm. wait you know, for someone to return before you get, you only have a certain amount of time with them to get the most out of them before you can, um, or, you know, queuing up to buy something or waiting a week for the next episode of something. Isn't it interesting whether, you know, like um, we're all big fans of the Mandalorian type thing here, that that thing of bringing back, you know, waiting a week for the next edition. Yes. Has been <laughs> a powerful. Hasn't that been fantastic for, to remind yeah. people why, yeah people used to have to rush home in the first place back in the day to capture, you know, catch um, 
whichever TV program, because if you didn't have a video recording, you'd have to wait or you'd have to talk to somebody for them to mm-hmm. <laughs> tell you what on earth happened. You feel you've missed out. So it makes you appreciate them as individuals episodes yep. as well, because otherwise, because we've all binged and I think yeah. scenes all stand out, but how they, you know, it, you, you don't identify certain episodes because it just becomes an endless collection yeah. of, of scenes and they may be fantastic scenes, but yeah, on individual episodes, you don't, you don't think about it over the week, yeah. you know, and that's, that's the, that's the brilliance of, I, I like that kind of reintroduction of here's a snippet and you can mold this over for a week and talk about it and digest it and watch it again and yes. then we'll sell you the next one the week after so I, I absolutely yeah it does make you stop and smell the roses so to speak yeah you know and and, and feel excited about the next thing you know this this original definitions of, of cliffhanger really make you you know kind of in a good way you know groan at the end of the edition because you're just on the edge of joining all the dots <laughs> that they've been leading you to. Um, there we go. There's the power of story, of of narrative arc, and of something that is deliberately, you know, interrupted or given a different order in order to keep you, keep you on your toes. Um, 30 seconds of somebody online, you know, doing something astounding is that, you know, but it doesn't, give me information um, or, or a feeling of what part of a journey this is of someone's journey of someone's own development as a personality of a take on things, you know, their own standpoint necessarily. Um, and yeah, yes. I'm grumpy, whatever of whatever age <laughs> at the same time we've had, um, we seem if people, take two minutes to look at any of the history you know we've seen that this 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 you know all these stages of technology are are, are incredible um but yeah yeah with there's something bigger than i think um going back 100 or 200 years i think this is an absolutely vastly important moment that you know could change us in at least a bigger way than the, you know, the, <laughs> the Gutenberg printing press or whoever had it before. Um, <laughs> it's very big, you know. Uh, so, um, somebody saying this, you know, to me the other day on the um, Summer of Soul, um, you know, the great documentary of of, yeah. of Questlove, but yes, and actually having this in recent times, watching a couple of seventies films with again somebody of very young age, um that you know feels more and more to me that we're just we're looking at different human beings when you see those films and i mean check out how people are enjoying music you know the expectation on their faces the lack of the lack of mobile phone the relationship of of a phone in some of those films in the 70s the ring the time it takes the whole positioning the whole reaction around what that may mean i mean just in fact hearing the ring of a phone and um you know this has been displaced obviously in recent decades because you can choose whatever you want now that wasn't of course that wasn't always the case (laughs) you'd have the ring that the phone came with you know built in um 
and um, the one I grew up with, which was a <laughs> a Bakelite, was very very loud. Um, so we might get, you know, a call from relatives in the Caribbean, you know, at three in the morning, <laughs> and that would have to ring until somebody ran down the stairs because uh, by that time you've woken up the whole street, you know. Yeah, and then you're talking like one sentence delayed by. 10 seconds or something because you've got to wait for the, for the information to travel down the line <laughs> all these things have just um, and that has disappeared in a sense that um, you know I mean unless the, you know, being in this extreme you know not long ago where um, okay I mean it's a few years but I remember being on a crowded train London and it's um, height of summer really hot and uh we think these things have no context and no meaning anymore, but somebody's mobile phone went off. And this is, you know, mid-July or whatever. Power crowded train, if you imagine this. The the the, the tune coming out of this person's phone was old Lang Syne. <laughs> so it was like a wave, a wave of offense just traveled down this train as people were looking around going, Excuse me, what are you doing? What earth is that doing on you? Don't you know what it means? All of this, nobody's saying anything, but all these vibes were in the air going. So it's like, it does mean something. There we go. So it's really interesting. So, but even when it was just a ringtone in these older films, because of the nature of what's going on, that ring can sound like the greatest thing to break a silence ever or the most ominous, dangerous, worrying thing, you know. And it's, it's all of those things, you know. Um, Again, it's you know, it's it's a it's a story. What does that sound? What does that sound kind of mean? So, um, anyhow, how how we navigate as this this thing is yes, world is like hey, you know, navigation. We're trying to keep our our our, our direction, you know, mm. locked to something more positive. <laughs> so there's even debate on that, right? So not everybody wants to share sadly not everybody wants um uh equal access to resources you know we have plenty of video evidence of politicians voting in a positive direction for continued inequality i mean what what do you say what do you say to that um so and that you you measure where we are in relation you know, to, to, to those things. Do we have the tools to get us there quicker than ever before? I do believe so, but only if you're using them for such. <laughs> Which is the craziest irony of all of it. It's just like, it's all here, potentially. Um, but if it's not used for that, then yeah, that's that's not where we're bound, sadly. So um, stubbornly, you would keep um, the hope alive that could be, you know, ignited, in somebody young hearing, you know, the right combination of, of vibe and tones or, or rhythm. <laughs> it's incredible just when you break it down. The air moving in a certain direction, in a certain way, could change someone's consciousness and change them as a person mm. overnight if it's powerful enough, you know? So, um, yeah, navigation is a great, is a great word. I'd love to ask you something about something that you you had just um, you mentioned a few moments ago about the notion of having uh, having like a continuous story broken up in installments. We talked about that as regards to say the Mandalorian, but 
I wanted to ask, as you were saying that, that what I was thinking of was your Towards the Flame project, because uh-huh. it has that very distinctive volume one uh, <laughs> kind of labeled across the the, the, the picture that you've uh, yeah. p- uh, proudly uh, displayed on Instagram. And it was, was that the thinking behind it? Is that kind of the, this is the um, first installment of a continuous story? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I'm just realizing I don't, I, this is probably the first time I've, yeah, talked about it. Um, we've not had any, yeah, print, there's some interview things kind of um, on the on the card soon, but yeah, this will be the first time. Because it's um, improvised, um, I've had a love of this um, um, side. I mean, the, 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 the no rehearsal, we turn up and we, we create. Um, I did my kind of um, thesis, undergraduate thesis on Cecil Taylor. This is going back a, a, a long while, even though in terms of playing and being out there, I've only done um, a relatively small amount of um, pure improvising. Or, I mean, I reluctantly use free improvising as a term, I guess, as it's, you know, anything but. But um, I belong to the London Musicians Collective in the 90s. I'm very into... Um, a, a range of kind of improvised um, tributaries in and, in and outside of jazz. Um, and I had known uh, Mark Sanders um, for uh, his name for forever, it seems. Um, and in the last 10 to 12 years, um, started to to have, make more direct links and then we, we played a bit um in a group called uh Staggerly Wonders there was another couple of things yeah. with Cory Moamba and um we of course we, we, we you know via people like um uh Jason Yard um uh, Shabaka I mean all sorts of people that tons of people we had in common but somehow still hadn't gotten to 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 really play and, and kind of dig in and through these um, few gigs, kept saying we must try and do something. <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know. Uh, so that led to this um, wonderful slot at um, Cafe Otto last year, which was um, February twenty-two. The uh, the Omicron the Omicron strain was. <laughs> in um you know had, had just sort of um come off of dominating the news so i really wasn't sure uh how many people were going to to kind of come out <laughs> even though you know cafe otto's um been well established I, th- I believe it's their 15th birthday this month oh, yeah, um amazing. i've had an incredible story you want to talk about stories wow um it's been amazing to see a home grow and grow and grow and, and become more uh, sort of powerful representation of this um, side of uh, just just music per se, um, and so when um, when I when I came back from eating, I think Neil Charles, um, um, you know, must mention obviously. That, I mean, they're they're, they're both. Uh, fantastic and um, wide-ranging um you know artists Absolutely. um 
Neil is 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 doing amazing stuff with um the 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 band you know Gabrielle's. I mean, I played with him with um Dime Aracena, great um, young wonderful artist, Cuban, yeah. but, you know. So, and I remember him um, coming out of uh, <laughs> Royal Academy and in the beginnings of his tenure with the Tomorrow's Warriors, he was going back a long way, you know. Um, and um, I can't remember if we all ran off to do various things for, to eat or Neil and Mark stayed in Cafe Otto. I can't remember. I certainly did walk out um, just briefly to get something. And I came back to see a queue of people outside a Cafe Otto, like kind of curving around the block a bit, <laughs> thinking, wow. hang on, what? <laughs> We've never played together. What the? This is unbelievable. Um, so I um, was already excited enough to, to do this at Cafe Otto with the guys. And we um, we started and uh, had a, you know, at the same time, I mean, it's what that album is, uh, is, is part the first set of that, of that gig. Um, there is a volume two, so you never guess what that's going to be. <laughs> so there's you know, two, two parts. And, um, but, um, so I had a, had a, a, a wonderful time and you're, you're hearing the, the, yeah, the birth of a, of a project as a recording that has become this album. Um, there was no rehearsal. There was no, you know, was this, this is, this is straight in. Um, so thereafter, having thankfully made sure that, you know, arrangements had been covered to record it as they, I mean, they do with everything. Cafe Otto is very wise. Um, uh, got, got, you know, got sent the result and, um, yeah, it's just like some some fantastic things going on here. So, would be great to um, maybe release it. Um, Neil and, and Mark are like, yep. And Mark passed me the link to this uh, fantastic label five seven seven, who I had, I think I'd already linked to on um, Twitter, for example. Um, I've been aware for sure, you know. Corey Moamba had been playing things from the label on his fantastic program, Freeness, on Radio 3. Um, so I was aware of them already. And um, uh, my first contact was with um, Polly Barnes um, via email. And I was astounded with, like, within a week that they had not only responded positively, but they were just like, we'd love to we'd love to do this. We'd love to put it out. Um, so in an incredibly short time, really, uh, given they are releasing lots of incredible stuff and, um, given their, you know, investment in, in, in things like, um, vinyl, which they have put out, you know, amazing amounts, um, a commitment to, to the, to the music. Um, and how many ever thousands of kilometers away (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's um, and and as I'm talking here, it's still you know a few few days or whatever is from from release. Really, it's been a bit of a um, a whirlwind in in that sense. And I must also add, of course, I mean, um, been an amazing um, 
response to me posting just barely one photo of me yeah. holding the vinyl <laughs> uh, with a number of requests for people to, to, to buy. And I said, well, well we're going to run out of what we have here before we've even you know, um, launched kind of officially at, at this rate, which is, which is fantastic. The, it does plug into a context for me, which I think is also just seeing, because we've done a, an, another one since we did a, we did a, um, another one at Cafe Otto this February gone, which is also recorded. <laughs> um, Brilliant. The audiences have, it really is a, has been um, a fantastic um, thing to witness in, in the, um, particularly the generational thing. It's really an interesting balance of, of folks from different generations at both Cafe Otto shows that we've done. Mm. Um it's really heartening. I'd heard similar things with the um, the, the the freedom sessions um, at the Vortex, you know, just around the corner, which have been going for a while um, and brilliantly run, you know, like um, Orphie Robinson, um, Cleveland Watkiss, and and ph- phenomenally, you know, continued in terms of video terms throughout the various lockdowns. I think I was I've been I, I did a few um, videos and, and bits. But the idea of, of, of keeping that going throughout the lockdown, I think, was one of the great things that was was going on, on online. And um, long may that session continue. But I'd been hearing even years before this these gigs with the flame that the gender, the age, you know, the race, the cultural kind of balances in, in these these type of open improvisation jam sessions was was something something um, something special was was going on. Um, and yeah, I can I can attest. I think at, at, at Cafe Otto, there's there's this this is a there's a there's a there's a definite connection. So since um, ha, the, the the thesis of the Cecil Taylor um, decades ago, where I mean I remember seeing him a few times, and one of them was at uh, North Sea Jazz, great festival. At that point, that was Amsterdam. It's been in Rotterdam for a while now. And it might have been my first or second time going, so I didn't. Um, I went with my first band, Panacea, um, two thousand and six, but this was before. And Cecil got an award at this one. Attended and attended the performance, so he got this thing on stage, and then he sat down to play. I think it was with a small group. Um, and t- to witness a healthy <laughs> amount of audience kind of walking out. Um, oh wow as he's playing <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's it's a it's a it's such an incredible festival but also it speaks of the um the organization of these type of events um in the netherlands at that time <laughs> which was like um and i mean it's influenced a number of festivals but it's this thing of we're going to get all these incredible people but sadly you're going to have to fight <laughs> if you want to see all of them <laughs> because oh. you're running from one room to the next. And oh, you just right. have to look at a timetable going, I can't, ah, I can't do both of these or all three of these. You've got to just compromise. Um, I remember seeing people nearly come to blows over getting certain seats to, 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 to see McCoy Tyner. I mean, literally the atmosphere was like, like almost like a pub brawl or something was about to kind of, it was like, whoa, this is, this is a, you know, someone has saved up a long time to come and see, it and they're getting a front seat here, and they are going to get that seat. I don't care how much. Mm. So it's kind of, kind of, it's amazing and intense at the same time. So to 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 see that and hear that, and be, be playing at the Cafe Otto years later with um 
a music, you know, influenced, you know, by those innovations, I mean, you know, to say the least. And we filled it both times. Um, and you have a, such a healthy balance of, of, of generations it was, yeah, I seen one of the, one of the most amazing things, you know, um, to partake in, in the, in the last couple of years, especially given everything that's been, everything that's been going on. Um, so, um, yeah, really, really heartening. And yeah, this is the first time I've, <laughs> first time I've, um, yeah, been, been, um, been talking about it because yeah, album's still not out, but very, very soon. So, um, yeah, we'd love to do more. There's some, some, some things planned. Um, but, um, yeah, just as a, um, at this stage, cause that would be my, um, 13th album. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. So Amazing. To be the, and you know, there's different stylistic things going on, different eras, different, you know, people, um, and my groups, I mean, my latest group in terms of composing and songwriting is, um, true think. Um, mm-hmm. so I have to, of course, shout out to, um, you know, uh, Tom Mason, Salim Rahman, Zayn Mohammed and uh, Liz, Liz Osplom. Yeah. Um, uh, and of course, a lot is related. Um, and at the same time, it does feel like um, uh, different audiences for these different um, spheres, even though they may overlap under the word jazz or improvising. Um, it's really interesting to, to, to see, you know, these different contexts and how they are being um, treated um, over time, but you've got to be around a while <laughs> mm. to see this watching people walk out to Cecil. And um, I mean, what would that have been like to have him play solo, for example, at Cafe Otto for like a, you know, like a solid week or something, it would have been mind blowing, you know, especially, mm. especially with an audience. I mean, the closest I would have gotten to that in a way, it was the last time I saw him, which would have been, um, in a duet with Max Roach, would you believe at the Barbican? So that was full, and um, Cecil. Although they were both, um, you know, grand, grand, you know, elders, um, Cecil kind of had not really lost an inch. It was astounding. He might have, he might have been around eighty. He hadn't lost an inch, and. Um, Bless him, Max Roach. Would you believe I had I had met um, coming off stage um, after a workshop um, thing with J Life years and years and years ago? So this is Queen Elizabeth Hall. Um, imagine walking off and he's standing in the doorway, and then you know you shake hands and it's just okay. I, I don't know where I am for a week after that. Um, so it's years later, and and Max had. You know, there was, there was, there was. It was hard of him, a little hard of him to, um, to, to, to play with all the legendary things that he'd done in his past, um, and represent all of that right there and then. Um, but Cecil seemed to still be able to. It was really, it was just he's defying time, age, his physicality, all of it. He's just there doing it. Um, so that was amazing too. And I mean, that's, that's the type of gig where you know someone's walking on and they're giving like an ovation. I mean, you have to tell people, you know, there's actually some music about to happen. Otherwise we'll just be clapping here for an hour and hour, which is also fine. But it's amazing because those are, they're not gigs, you know, they're, 
they're special events. They're, yeah, there's, a, there's a pilgrimage involved to that type of thing, which you see, yeah. um, um, which is also a bit like um, the last Ornette Coleman, which we were lucky enough to kind of come and see as well at the, I think it was a Queen Elizabeth. We were, we were, yeah, sat in that gig and that was um, at the end of that, there was a queue that would probably still be going on now of people that wanted albums signed, you know, by Ornette. They were just not going to leave um, wow. until his son, Donado said, I'm sorry, my dad is tired. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but this is it. We have to make a cutoff point. Um, a bizarre, bizarrely amazing gig in which when we were in our seats looking on stage and saw a huge bass rig, we were just like, what is this? Who's playing with a, what on earth is this? And then this wiry figure comes on and um, his back is turned to the audience. And I'm looking at this guy and it's like, wait a minute, that looks, that can't be, that looks like Flea from the Red Hot oh Chili Peppers. What's wow. going on there? <laughs> and he turns around and it's him. <laughs> so, you know, those are just moments. And of course, he just looked like, I guess any of us would look, you know, getting a call to do something like that. He was just, he looked like he'd been ready for that, for that particular moment for 30 years. He's Amazing. just on stage like, I'm so here. <laughs> I don't never want this to finish. Um, but yeah, that's, those are, those are, those are events. They go deeper than, you know, technique or concepts or anything. It's like literally this person's contribution is viscerally here, um, you know, and, um, in a in a space it absolutely deserves to be and, and given the, the the respect it 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 should um and they're they're rare and they're and they're special and it takes a a, a long arc and a long sense of a, of a victory really being you know because that music and those stories you know you want to talk about context cecil was assaulted he was outed as gay at a time that could be in someone could be in real trouble um ornette had to starve um you know there's some what these incredible figures went through to get this these these forms out into the world um i think they must be taught and passed on in the same spirit and the same sense as the actual approaches and the information um uh, the i think that's what we're doing the the the, the 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 these things are disservice um it's it's important to to know the motivations and the context of um all the stages of a mccoy all the stages of john coltrane and all that you know it, it's so important we can't you know why i'm trying to understand why people were so angry at miles in in the 70s and 80s compared to the 50s it's like well yeah look at the times i mean you know <laughs> what on earth had happened in between the, i mean it's a huge amount of change so um, somebody being truly, you know, representing those moments, hey, it's going to change, you know, what they sound like. It does make sense that that should become different as you are a different person at each stage um, navigating. There's that word again. Um, but all, all the, all the, the waves of um, stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, going on and where we are as, as, as humans. So, yeah. You mentioned about the um, the differences between the uh, the uh, the true think and the towards the flame project, and you you kind of reference some crossover um, 
I, I think your words were under the the banner of jazz. I mean, if I may, in relation to what you just said about sort of the greats and the expectations of them, I would argue that the overarching banner to those projects was the name Robert Mitchell. And yeah. I think it's kind of your ability for, for quite some time. I mean, I, 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 when I was sort of regarding the um, Towards the Flame project, I remember just thinking this is the exact opposite thing that True Think is. And the fact that they've come out, and that's, a, that's an absolute compliment. Right. And, and I mean that your your kind of ability to to do that, to release these projects, I think seven-ish months apart from each other, which are no. just completely opposites. And it's, but it's not, that isn't a new concept for what you've, achieved through your career you mentioned panacea which i would love if we had had more time i would love to have delved into yeah. the panacea stuff but i mean the, the, the notion that you've done panacea x amount years ago but then you know you've you celebrate the improvisational aspects of your music so mm. you can be at a piano for nearly 40 minutes for uh, the rainbow mountain uh, yeah. and and have these and straddle these two worlds with such class and mastery and it's an incredible thing so i would i would you know this this conversation was very much a chance for me to tip my hat to, to kind of the music that you've created and to oh, to have your name as celebrated as as you've as you've listed the greats i mean uh your your ability to kind of flip between these seemingly very disparate worlds mm. uh is mm. is fairly remarkable sir so um uh so yeah congratulations well, you. to you um, i'm gonna add uh, one thing if that's all right this of to course, say please. um you know the models but any of this stuff of course comes out of um the likes of a um yeah the ages of mccoy or herbie or particularly obviously as we've just lost um wayne shorter and um yeah. Ahmad Jamal, you know, um, in close proximity, let alone, you know, to, to so many other um, amazing um, people in the last few years mm. through the, the pandemics and, 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 of course, further back. But um, these are the types of folk. Um, and, yes, yeah, Cecil, obviously not that long ago as well, Cecil mm. Taylor. Um, it's, it's looking and, and seeing somebody really, you know, hopefully over a, a good you know length of lifespan be um in tune with where they are in tune with what is happening around them and um i'm not sure i've shared this in in a, in an interview but yeah this would be a good thing to, to sort of um, finally leave with is um uh my my um briefly meeting um Wayne Shorter uh which was you know, 2003 because I had a great privilege of opening for him at the Brighton Dome amazing <laughs> um, which was solo as well uh and the quartet were yeah were 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 young obviously they did astounded people for the previous I don't know two three years but they were still in the earlier days of their mm. you know all the amazing things they achieved and um uh after i played and after he played at the end um there's a few of us um hmm. julian siegel ingrid laubrock i think um norma winstone because i did a did a project um shorter stories which i hope we get to do again um celebrating wayne's 70th at that point and um 
we did, yeah did a tour sort of thing the next year with uh, Norma and, and Julian in this in this fantastic group with which arrangements of Wayne stuff and um Norma had written a letter <laughs> ah different times Norma had written a letter asking <laughs> Wayne to I mean even then it was like you know with the advent of email you're like what yeah. writing a letter well proper you know generational respect and um asking permission to that can we set you know lyrics to the and Wayne didn't even open it he was like yes of course um but Wayne then you know it was like we were sat at the bottom of a mountain you know you've you've climbed do you have any chance to be in a room with somebody like that you know so you just sat like a pilgrimage at the bottom of this temple <laughs> looking up and Wayne is like so he talks about a few things and he said and things that stuck with me was like he said people don't read between the lines people don't read between the lines he went specifically in by saying also that's how George Bush the younger <laughs> got elected <laughs> but because that was who was you know then um but um the 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 sense of somebody really being a open you know conduit um was very very powerful i mean some people just even those who maybe you know deemed as outstanding um it's not always if you get anywhere near them that you can feel that emanating but it was absolutely the, the sense with him and not in a in a overpowering horrible way but in a way where you're just yeah you know you're just like in, in awe like you're like when you heard the quartet and um the second thing they played i think was all blues and he started he started on his own on soprano sax and it just sounded like he was um calling out to miles davis i know that sounds strange it just was such so powerful and you're just aware of like he's not you're not playing an intro to this tune you're literally talking through that instrument to something that isn't in this you know isn't in the venue isn't in the in the space um and i was on a rug i'd swear i could hear a couple of people you know starting to sniff <laughs> it was very powerful um but there we go you know that's that's one of those um things i think that whoever whoever i've talked to, especially even got to i mean um with um uh young uh, zayn mohammed in in true think he studied at berkeley and he had the pleasure of uh you know more than one moment you know in in wayne's presence because he's one of the one of the visiting geniuses that would um you know um give them advice and and and, and teach and, and so on so i mean imagine that you know um but yes i heard nothing but amazing you know praise or wonder sense of wonder um those many years ago didn't understand that his take you know have of more often than not come round to realize it's it's just an open way of being that looks that may look unusual to us because so much of what we're in doesn't want you to remain that open and that creative and that childlike but that hugely you know well-earned um wisdom that comes from um yeah staying 
you know, as creatively in tune as you can, given all the challenges and given incredible things that he went through, you know, in his life, uh, tragedies and, and so forth. So, um, yeah, what can you say? But thank you to um, all, all these figures. Amazing. But, um, yeah, take, take, the full, take the thing forward, not only the skills, but the spirit and what it can do to humanity as well, I think, in the best way we can. Otherwise, yeah, it's a, it's a slightly tricky time ahead, shall we say. 